I had barely unpacked my suitcase when it began to happen. It was the beginning of Elozman. I had just checked into this yeshiva. I just got back from Eretz Yisrael, and now I was entering into the Parsha of Shidduchim. It was me and 30 other guys in the Chabura, a yeshiva where we could learn and also date at nighttime. And then something quite literally miraculous began to happen. It was Mazel Tov. Moishi is engaged. Mazel Tov. Yankee is engaged. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. It was unreal. There was another engagement every single day. It was probably no more than a week or two before almost 20 out of the 30 guys had Baruch Hashem found their zivug. The simcha was literally tangible. Every night, the entire chabura would have a lachaim to go to, a vart literally weekly, an ofrof, a chasana. And then, really out of the blue, for the first time in my life, something very odd and strange happened to me. I was standing there at the lachaim, maybe it was the 15th or 16th one, trying to be happy for my friend, but I was struggling. I couldn't find the simcha. In fact, I was a bit kind of envious with a pit in my stomach. I kind of wanted also to find my shidduch, to find my zivug. But here I was at a friend's simcha. While I was trying to be happy, the envy was getting in the way. I began to have somewhat of a grudge. God forbid a hatred. Who knows? It was just a very odd moment for me. In the end, I believe many of the Bachram Steigdon, almost all, if not all, found their zivug, found their shidduch. But while at the end of this man, we looked around, there was maybe two or three of us celebrating in our friend Simchas, but kind of wondering what to do now with a chabura of just three guys. In the end, COVID broke out and ravaged the world, so I left and went back home. I still think about that quite frequently. The day, the time that I wanted to be besimcha, but envy, but jealousy got in the way. Truly a sickness, a mida that doesn't make much sense. For being jealous doesn't increase one's own assets. It doesn't give you what you want. It just makes you feel worse about what you don't have. And the ultimate issue is at the end of the Ten Commandments, the last of the Aseris Adibras, and our parasha, parasha Yitzro says, Lo sacha mod beis reyecha. Thou shalt shall not covet the house of your fellow. It's prohibited. It's usher to arisa to have jealousy, enmity. So now we're a little bit at a crossroad, or a lot of bit at a crossroad. For this horrible sickness, this terrible mida, which seems quite uncontrollable, for if I feel how I feel, what am I supposed to do? While on the other hand, this is prohibited by Torah law. It's an Isra Daraisa not to be jealous. So we must employ certain tools, certain tactics, tricks to help us to fulfill this commandment. In fact, there's a famous, famous Evan Ezra with a very serious question upon the mitzvah of Losachmod. Quote, Losachmod, thou shalt not covet. Anoshim rabim yitamu al zos ha-mitzvah. Many people are bewildered by this commandment. How could a person not covet something that he sees to be good-looking, something that he desires, something that he wants? It's a natural feeling. Can you 
curtail? Can you refrain from feeling the natural natural way that you feel? A famous, famous question from Rabbeinu Avraham Ebenezer. Now, in today's Torah podcast, I'd like to suggest three different paths that the Rishonim and Achronim use to answer the Ebenezer's question as to how is it, or more importantly, how can we overcome the natural feeling of jealousy? Each answer holds a certain insight into human psychology, and a person should try to hopefully take the one that works for them, because it's a very tough task to eradicate jealousy. So ten lechacham ve'yech gam od. The great Rav Eliyahu Baruch Finkel, Zecher Tzadav Kadosh Racha, is where we begin. He answers that, you know how we can fight back against jealousy? To overcome that natural feeling of enmity? The Torah Alain tells us how. If you read the Pasuk critically, you will find the answer. It doesn't just say, Lo Sachmod, do not covet. It says, Lo Sachmod Beis don't covet the house. Lo Sachmod Eishes Reyecha, don't covet the spouse. The Avdo, Vamoso, Veshoro, Vechamoro, Vechol, and then all that he has, Asher Reyecha, don't covet. How come it needs to get so case-oriented, so specific? Just say, don't covet. It says, they're going to rebel Yehobar Finkel. Because truly, when one is jealous, they're jealous of one specific item. One small little cog in a person's life. One item. But he doesn't understand the whole picture. He doesn't get the full, broad perspective of what this person has. And he's coveting something small that if he understood all that came along with it, he wouldn't be jealous of it. Similarly, have done as kol ha'adam lekaf azachos. The Mishnah tells us a person should judge a person favorably. And my father always taught me, it's as kol ha'adam, all of the man. Because to judge a person favorably, you need to know all of the man. But you cannot know all of the man. You don't know everything that's going on in his life. So it doesn't make much sense to be jealous about one small item when that item is part of a larger picture. I remember getting into a fancy car one time with an affluent balabas, and I commented that it was a beautiful, dark blue 2022 hybrid Lexus. And I said, wow, I'd sure like to have one of these one day. And he said, you can actually have mine if you want. You just have to take all that comes along with it. He said this in a quite facetious manner, but it seems to be that this was along the same lines. The second answer, a totally different approach. It comes from the Heliga base Halevi. It definitely follows the brisker line of thinking. He begins with a tzior, with a mushal, a certain parable to explain his point. Imagine you're traveling on the way, and off in the distance you see some briefcase with some cash kind of popping out of the briefcase. It's off in the distance, and as you get closer, you notice, yes, it's a briefcase filled with cash. There's only one problem, though. The briefcase sits out upon a frozen river. And in order to acquire the briefcase, you must walk out in a very dangerous spot. So you get out of your car, you start to walk on the frozen river, and it gets very, very thin ice. The ice starts to crack. So you quickly run back. You try it again and again, but every time you realize there's just no hope. It's sakonos nefashos. Your fear trumps your desire for the cash. Eventually, a person will say, it's just not worth it. It's no hope. And his desires 
will give way to his fear of death. Fear acts like a candle in the dark. Yirashomayim, fear of heaven, like light in a dark room, dispels much taiva, much lust, much jealousy. The Torah tells us, lo sachmod, thou shall not covet. That means that there would be some punishment if thou does covet. Says the Beis HaLevi, when a person clarifies what actually happens when he does a sin, he understands what's at stake. For even a little bit of fear dispels a lot of lust and enmity. I fear Hashem. I want to abide by the laws of the Torah. And then that level of fear of heaven will encourage you to forego the jealous thoughts. It's really a phenomenal, deep, and wonderful psychological analysis of the human brain. How basic fear can prevent so many different negative outcomes. Furthermore, and perhaps most famously, how can a person control his emotions to not covet that which his friends have? Well, the answer is none other than the Evan Ezra's answer to his own question. These words are really on a need-to-know basis, and, well, we need to know them. Viato etain lechamash. Says the Evan Ezra, does a lowly paper boy covet that he should marry the queen? Does he believe it to be possible? It's not something that the paper boy dreams of. It's impossible, he says. It's completely infeasible that this shidduch should happen. Therefore, he does not desire it. For something that is out of the question, you do not desire and in one of the greatest examples or mashalim ever given, famous words, does a person crave every time that he sees a bird fly by that I too wish that my shoulders should grow wings so that I can fly like a bird? No. No normal person thinks that. What do you mean? It would be cool to fly. Yes, but it's totally impossible. And that which is impossible, you do not crave for. Says the Evan Ezra, with Emuna and with Bitachon, with an understanding that God, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kud Shabrihu, gives me what I need and does not give me anything that I don't need. And he gives my friends what they need and doesn't give them anything that they don't need. Everything, Kichot HaSaira, exactly measured out. Well, then it's totally infeasible that I should have and therefore even want what my friends have. Lo Sachmon, the tenth commandment and the Aseris Adibros is a mitzvah of bitachon. Trust in God. Hashem gives me what I need. What my friends have has nothing to do with me. My friends knew Tesla like a bird flying. I don't care. My neighbor's mishpacha and bias, that has nothing to do with me. I trust in God that he gives me everything that I need and nothing that I don't. Now, nevertheless... Y'all know that this is the Torah podcast that is based on much of the Slabodka, godless Ha'adam approach to life. The understanding of how great we truly are and how great we can become. And this, Evan Ezra, actually created much controversy inside the base measures of Slabodka. The great Rev. Rifoil Shmulevitz actually quotes the Rosh Hashiva of Slabodka, Rev. Yitzchak Isaac Sher. 
that in Slabotka they didn't take kindly, they didn't fully agree with. There was actually great machlokas about this Evan Ezra. They said that it's completely backwards. Evan Ezra, you explained that should the paperboy covet the princess? Why, that doesn't make any sense. We are no paperboy. Really, we are the king. Flip it around. Does the king covet perhaps a menial serf, perhaps a shidduch that is beneath his status, someone that isn't of royalty? They agreed to the message that, of course, when something is not within your level of chashivas, of royalty, yes, but it's backwards. In Slabotka, they taught that I, a tselem elokim, a chelak elokai mi ma'al, someone created in the image of God, someone whose potential is immeasurable, someone who is an Adam, from the words Adameh, I am compared to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Someone who is an Adam, who was created inside of a world, all of the water, all of the assets of the planet, for one person, for Adam, that you see how big a world even one person needs. Someone who is part of a holy nation, someone who is part of the kingdom of priests. That person should be jealous of something that is totally beneath him. So in Slabodka, they had a tough time with the Evan Ezra's Tzior. The reason that you shouldn't be jealous, that it makes no sense to be jealous, is because does a king, does he really want something that's totally beneath him? This isn't proper. It's beneath me. Jealousy is an odd thing. It can sap energy. It can make a person not feel the simcha. It could even bring to hatred. And it doesn't even accomplish anything productive. In fact, it could even remove a person from this world. Kinna, taiva, and kavid. Moitzian as ha'adam min ha'olam, the Mishnah and Avos tells us. Take one of these approaches. Either from Rabbi Elio Baruch Finkel and understand that you're not seeing the whole picture. You cannot covet because you don't fully get it. You don't fully comprehend all that that person has and all that comes along with what you see. Or follow the Beis HaLevi's advice and reconstitute your fear of heaven so that when you hear the words lo sachmod, you say, wow, I really got to be careful about this. And that fear can dispel all of the emotions of jealousy and enmity. Or perhaps go with this mitzvah of lo sachmod, that it's a muna and it's bitachon, that God gives me all that I need and nothing that I don't and everything that my friend has has nothing to do with me. And if I was supposed to have it, then I would have it. And now that I don't have it, I don't want it. Because it's not for me. Or lastly, as they taught in Slabotka, I don't want what my friends have. I don't want to be jealous about all of those different items. Beischa, Ishtecha, Avdcha, Chamorcha, Vechola Shelorecha, I could care less. I'm a king, and all of that is beneath me. The Sepharno tells us that jealousy is one of the great catalysts to many, many sins. We are commanded against an emotion 
in the Aceres Hadibros. I laugh to myself when I think that back when I was 21, I was jealous of everyone else finding their Shidduch at their first go-around, and I was unable to find the Eitzah, to find the answer, to combat the jealousy. But when I'm 30, God willing, will I be jealous of my friend's business or his kids or when I'm 40, the grandkids, or when I'm 60, what my friends knew, Walker or Kane, or when I'm 70, who knows? Emir Tashem, we should all be well to get there. Ad Maya Ve'esrim until 120. But there is no end to what a person may covet about their friends and what other people have. Grab onto one of these Eitzas. Find your special serum to this horrible disease. Internalize one of these approaches towards Lo Sachmod so that at your friend's next simcha, you are there in the middle, dancing with all of your strength and with all of your vigor because you are so truly excited about their simcha and there is not an ounce of jealousy.